Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Oh yeah, the Clay Young Show back at you again here on Podcast225.com, iTunes or the Talk 107.3 mobile app. Fantastic to have you back here with us again. We've got a great one for you today, a long conversation with a media personality who is not a media personality. He is an attorney, and he is going to be practicing law here again in the state of Louisiana. E. Eric Gerard. we sit down with him and talk about his disbarment, what led to that, and some details about that that you have not heard before. And he talks about his former partners, and he's very candid, and I think he's very honest, and it's a pretty good discussion, and you will hear that in just a moment. First up, the third annual Smoke 'em If You Got 'em fundraiser this year benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation as we sit and record this is less than two weeks away. It is Sunday, May 15th. The doors open at 4 o'clock. The event starts at 5, and it is at Ben 77 Bistro in Perkins Row. Sponsors this year include our title sponsor, Orion Instruments. In addition, Jameson will be there. Jameson Irish Whiskey, that is. Don Juan Cigar Company and CLE Cigar Company are providing custom packaged cigars for the event. Uh, The Guarantee family of broadcasting stations are helping us promote the event this year. Pest Stop. Do-it-yourself pest control solution. My buddy John Conroy, he's involved. And, of course, obviously the people at Ben 77 hosting us for the third straight year. Tickets are $100 per person, and all of the money goes to the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. Let me do this here. Walk over and grab something. How about that for... Real live radio, right? Even though it's a podcast, I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to leave it in there. I want to talk with you about some of the auction items that we're going to have there. We're going to have two tickets to Cigar Aficionado Magazine's big smoke event in Las Vegas. It's a three-night event, and uh, some person is going to win two tickets to one of the nights. You can choose uh, either of the three nights. And uh, you will get two tickets. And let me tell you, the tickets are priced at about $600 a piece. But we're not going to start it there. Uh, We're going to start it a little lower than that. And you're getting two tickets. Also on the auction item list, a YA Tittle autographed LSU purple jersey. How about that? A Tyron Matthews signed football jersey. An Odell Beckham Jr. signed Giants football jersey. A Drew Brees signed New Orleans Saints football jersey. A Terry Bradshaw jersey. A Patrick Peterson jersey. A Nolan Ryan signed baseball cap. A a Kenny Chesney signed acoustic guitar. A Lee Bryce signed acoustic guitar. A Rat Pack, now get this, a Rat Pack limited edition bottle of wine with deluxe tools. How about that? The Perfect Martini set. A Fred Couples and Phil Mickelson 11 by 14 photo that is already framed. A John Wayne tribute framed theater room display. A Jimmy Buffett concert poster. Now, this is just a little bit of what's on this long list. It would take too much time. Now, ladies, we're going to have necklaces, bracelets. There will be rings there for the guys to buy for the ladies 
as well. In addition, we're going to have coolers there that we're auctioning off. Goodwood Hardware is uh, donating an American-made cooler that we will be auctioning off at this year's event. So it's going to be great. Looking forward to having you there. It's Sunday, May 15th. You can buy tickets online at chriskylefrogfoundation.org, or you can buy tickets at the door on the day of the event. And I hope that I will see many of you there. It is the third annual Smoke em If You Got Em fundraiser benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. And if you want to know more about what they do, if you didn't hear last week's show with Michelle Burr from the organization, you can just scroll back here on iTunes or on the website or in the Talk 107.3 app and catch that. All right. E. Eric Gerard in a conversation that I think you guys are going to really enjoy. That is up next here on The Clay Young Show. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is the Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Back with E. Eric Gerard, the man known for the E. Guarantees, back on the scene. I told you we we're going to jump right in. Yeah, we, I love it. We hit, we hit the ground running. So let's begin with the most obvious thing. After about seven years yep. of not being able to practice law in Louisiana, you can now do that again. That's right. Let's start with what caused all of this. Okay, you you finally get a chance to speak uninterrupted, unedited, and uh, you can kind of say what you want to say here. Uh, let's talk about that. You know, the the accusation was that you had people in your place practicing law who should not be allowed to do that. Well, yeah, that was the accusation. Yes. But you know, it was about it's about paralegals within the context of the law office okay. doing things that the bar deemed to uh, be practicing law. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a a a office practice that I learned when I worked for Morris Bart way back in the early nineties. Sure, sure. And I I, I copied his system, not kinda, not sorta, but exactly. So explain to us what that is. Well, that's just it's just like in any other professional where paraprofessionals help the professional do their work. In the personal injury world, especially in a marketing firm like I had and will and have again. Uh, you get thousands of cases, sure. so it's impractical for a lawyer to do all the all the grunt work, all mm-hmm. the work you need to do from start to finish, from right. first call to settlement or judgment. So you got to have you know uh, paraprofessionals, paralegals. We call them case managers, helping the lawyers, especially with the smaller cases yeah. that involve just small accidents, small injuries, uh, because otherwise it's not economically feasible. Right. Uh, so you have to have those people helping. And as a practical matter, lawyers did it everywhere in Louisiana, still do it everywhere in the country. But just for whatever reason, the bar came in and said the way my office was was doing it was was wrong. Which was what? Well, it was really nothing different than paralegals do in every office. The only problem, the biggest problem they had was at the end of a case when uh, our paralegals would get written orders from the lawyer saying, okay, look, Sally, go go settle this case with state form. Uh Uh-huh talking to an adjuster, who's also not a lawyer, by the way, yeah. settle this case between five and $8,000, not a penny above, not a penny less. 
They said that was practicing law. That giving the advice of what the settlement amount should be. Well, the the paralegal taking that and going and going call the adjuster. Okay. That act of calling, even though you were under strict orders and and it was completely supervised, mm-hmm. and the lawyer had reviewed everything. They said that was practicing law, which we never knew that before. Yeah. No other law firm thought that was practicing law, yeah. but it was a policy change. Well, uh, who else was doing this? Were there uh, other firms? Do you know? And you don't have to call names, but let me say this a different way. Do you know of other firms that were doing the exact same thing? Oh, absolutely. Because okay. what happened, I, my lawyers at the time asked, we, we deposed insurance adjusters yeah. who we had settled thousands of cases with. And they sure. said, okay, um, Sue from State Farm, uh, Gayrod's doing it. He's doing it this way. Is anybody else doing it? She said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact. And she named 10 names right off yeah. the bat. Yeah. And then she said, as a matter of fact, pretty much half the lawyers I deal with do it that way. So why were you disbarred if others were doing it as well? You're asking the wrong person. I, I don't know. Did you make that case during the... Well, the, the, yeah, that was that was made. Uh, matter of fact, that was in the year 2000. They came to us and said, hey, the way y'all are doing this is incorrect. And we said, well, we didn't know that. We're sorry. We disagree as a matter of law, but out of respect and, and just to move on, we will change it. And we changed it immediately. So you, you changed it as of the warning that you were given about it. Absolutely. Right away. Right the, away. So then why were you subsequently punished? <laughs> They waited four years before they filed charges. Four years. Yeah. Um, again, I, I don't know. Come on, shoot me straight. You're a smart, smart guy. Well, why, why, were you, why were you subsequently well, punished? Some people could say it was because there's, a, there's a, a segment of the Bar Association that does not like advertising lawyers. They think that lawyers that advertise is the worst thing in the world. It denigrates the profession. It makes the profession look bad. It's the worst thing that's ever happened. And I was the big dog. I mean, we were kicking Morris Bart's butt. No I mean, question. we were. There was my name was synonymous. By the way, it's a podcast. There are no language restrictions here. Just so, <laughs> just so you know, I had a Marine Colonel here last week, and if there was a language restriction, he broke all of them. <laughs> In fact, he might have made up five just to break them. But, but I want to go back to that because I don't want to bury that point. You indeed were the trailblazer in terms of advertising here yes because you created a brand now that's that's kind of what my company does and i recognize it and your brand is still being followed are you saying that you believe because you were the big dog among attorneys doing this you were targeted that's a possibility. No, that's not an answer. That's a yes okay. or no. Do um, you think you were targeted because you were the big dog on television? Oh, radio? Yeah, I was picked out. There's okay. no question. I okay. was picked out because um, they had they were going to pick somebody for an example um, because there was a move afoot at the same time. You may remember in the legislature to pass new rules against lawyer advertising. Sure, sure. And that was done by Senator Rob Marino, mm-hmm. who just happened to had had a fee dispute with my firm. And he, he's an attorney by trade. He is an attorney, yeah. and he was anyway, he was partners with Lewis Unglesby, That's right. who was also not a a, a a friend. And so they were mad that that we had had. He said this, he's not a friend. Not a friend. Marino. And they had taken a case from us, and we had a fee dispute, okay. as lawyers do all the time. Sure, sure. And we ended up having to sue him over the fee because he wouldn't pay us a fair referral fee, essentially. Okay. And we took him to court, and actually the judge gave them 90% of the fee, but apparently you don't sue Rob Marino and Louis Unglesby. So I don't know if that was part of it. Uh, at the same time, Justice Kimball was running for re-election mm-hmm. on the campaign. To Kitty get, Kimball. To get, yes, mm-hmm. to, to get rid of the bad lawyers, to yeah. get rid of the evil lawyers. And so that was all kind of 
a, a congruence of all that at that point in 2004. And, and at the same time, the bar changed some rules uh, where they redefined the practice of law. Mm-hmm. Back when, in 2000, the only definition was you couldn't, you couldn't assist a, non, a, a, a non-lawyer in the unauthorized practice of law, okay. period. They, sure. did, they didn't define it. You didn't know what it was. Right. They had no real case law defining it, uh, a couple of cases. Uh, but in 2004, they got a lot more specific. And they used that new law later against me in the course of my prosecution, which lasted another five years. So right. they reached back from back to 2000 to charge me and using some new law, which typically you don't do, but they did. Um, and so all that was kind of coming together at the time. And I was the obvious choice. I was E. I was the big guy. I was making all this money. Right. I was out there. I was, you know, I was right. bold about it. Right. I wasn't shy. Right. I had, the, you know, my E license plate and, sure. I, and I had everything was E. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there were a lot of people, especially a lot of lawyers, I call them the, the, the powdered wig crowd, that just don't like, didn't like the way I was doing it. Right. But we serviced our clients great. As a matter of fact, we had 30,000 clients over the years. And you know how many testified adversely against me at, at my, any of my hearings or trials? Zero. 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 Now, you're a personal injury lawyer, and you had nobody who you had worked, with, worked for testify against you? Nobody. Because it was all kind of a theoretical case. Oh, she's just going to snap a picture there. Oh, that's right. It was all kind of a theoretical case um, based on the office model. They didn't have any actual harm to one client. They couldn't prove it. As a matter of fact, I think the bar was reluctant to try to prove it because I don't think they could have. Yeah. uh, Because it was all well supervised and no clients were complaining. All the lawyers, all the clients knew exactly the system they were dealing with, with paralegals and lawyers. And so... um, I, I just thought that was kind of funny. Plus, there was no ex-employees, um, none. And I had hundreds of employees over the years. None of them adversely testified against me. As a matter of fact, a, a funny quick story, the night, the day before the trial against me, all of a sudden a surprise witness was brought in by the bar. They flew her in from South Africa. It was a, a, a lady who had been a case manager, she's, a paralegal. She's not related to my assistant, Orlando, is it? She's I, from South Africa. No, uh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, could be, but no, she moved there. Yeah. And they flew her in with the idea that this was going to be somebody to get E, a surprise okay. person. And so we, we found out and we deposed her the night before the hearing. And it went so badly against the bar that, that, that she didn't even show up for the hearing. The bar didn't even call her as a witness. So we introduced her deposition for our side. Because it went so good for us. So they had no clients, no ex-employees, nobody to testify against me. The only evidence they had was the system that we admitted to. We said, hey, this is the system. We didn't think it was wrong. Um, and we never did. They never did find. The court never did find it was an intentional violation. They all, all they said was negligent. So then if that's the case and, and with the way you presented it, why did you end up being disbarred? Why do you think it went that way? Because it was it was controversial in the way that it was languaged back then. And people knew you because, again, you were a household name because of all of all that you had done with advertising. Yeah. So why um, do you think it happened? Well, before. I, and, and again, if there are lines that you can't cross because of anything or yeah. statute, of, I, I don't no, want no. you to do that. But I do want you to shoot me straight on why you think it happened. Well, well, let me just point out one more thing. There was a secondary charge sharing legal fees with non-lawyers improperly. Okay. Um, and the way Did you we, do that? Well, I didn't think so, but the bar thought so. Okay. Um, you're not supposed to pay non-lawyers uh, legal fees. And the way we were paying those, those particular paralegals, case managers, was a percentage of the fee that they were working for 
working under the lawyer on those small cases that they mm-hmm. worked. And we paid them, in lieu of salary, a percentage of the fees they were, they were helping the firm earn. And you can't do that? Well, according to the Gayrod rule, you can't. You, you can? According you, you cannot. You anymore. cannot. At the okay. time, we thought we could. We thought it was a, a clear exception for people who work within the context of a law firm. But what was the basis of that understanding on your part, that you could do it? Because we thought it was, it was, a, it was part of the exceptions under which you could pay employees in the firm sure. who worked under the supervision of lawyers a percentage of the fee. But was it clearly so, – but you're saying you did not know that it was clearly prescribed that you could not That's do correct. That. That's correct. So once you were made aware back in 2000 – We ended it then, too. You ended it then. We immediately changed them to a salary. So that's where I'm coming from with the gap between the time you were warned yeah. and you weren't punished then yeah. to when you were punished. What happened? Well, there was a four-year gap first yeah. for us to be charged. Well, well and then, and that's what that, I mean. So that's what I mean, the charging. Between being warned and being charged, what happened? Yeah, well, it was a change in political atmosphere, in my opinion. Um, the, there, was, there, was, there was a mood to get bad lawyers, even though I, I don't think there was ever really any evidence that lawyers were any worse than they had ever been or better. Um, and, and let me and one more strange thing happened. Um, the, the case went so badly against us because they had no witnesses, they had mm-hmm. no, no testimony, no real evidence other than their, their theoretical model. They offered us a plea bargain. Sure. At, in the middle of that hearing, before we had a chance to put our defense on, they offered us a plea bargain where we were going to get off. They were going to say we were suspended for a year, but it was going to be all be deferred, which means it was suspended. So you wouldn't mm-hmm. serve any time out. And I would have to go to an ethics school or something like that. Yeah. So we didn't want to do it because we were going to have to admit that we did something wrong. But they convinced me that my lawyers convinced me, ah, just go ahead and do it. Just get it over with. And so I did. That, that plea bargain sat on the, on the prosecutor's desk for two years. It never got submitted to the Supreme Court like it's supposed to be immediately. Sure. At the end of two years, he comes back to us and says, oh, the Supreme Court may not accept this now. And we said, well, what do you mean? You're supposed to have done this two years ago. So it never got submitted to the court. And so the, so the hearing commenced after a two-year recess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it just progressed badly all the way up to 2009. Um, and... and, and at the appellate level, there's a there's a hearing, then there's an appellate board, then there's Supreme Court. Yeah. At the appellate board, they even introduced new charges. A court introduced new charges for which we had never been charged before, saying we had solicited cli- uh, clients improperly. And How we, so? What was the basis of they that? They said because when clients called us and we would send investigators out to the house or to the ho- hospital or yeah. office to sign up people, yeah. they said the, the act of sending that investigator out even though they had been called and asked by the client, yeah. was soliciting clients. That had, and that's still not the law today. Right. But this appellate board, on its own accord, emplaced that charge on us. And they wanted to permanently disbar me based on a solicitation charge, which we were never even charged by a prosecutor. That was just way out of left field. Huh. Even the Supreme Court eventually said no to that, but it changed the whole ten- tenor of the, of the whole prosecution. Do you believe, flat out, that there was an effort by some in the judiciary to make an example of you because you were probably the most aggressive advertising attorney in this region of the state. I don't know about the judiciary per se, but it was certainly judges. It, I mean, members well, of the some members of the bar. Let's just say okay, generally members of the speaking, bar. Okay. There, there were there was probably and not I'm quite certain there were aspects or people within the bar who just didn't like me and didn't like 
personal injury TV lawyers. Because that's what now when you say didn't like you, do you mean you because of what you were doing on television or you, you know, Eric Gerard? Well, they didn't know me. Right. But, but so they, was, they knew they, E. It was the persona right. they okay. didn't like. All right. Because um, I think they'd like me if they met me. But, but, uh, <laughs> but um, you like me, right, Clay? So, um, but, but no, it's, I was the E and I was putting it out there, you right. know, and I was the E guarantee and I was rapping and I, I was doing things that lawyers didn't do. Sure. You know? Sure. Because um, I was more of a celebrity than a lawyer, mm-hmm. you know, and I had, at the, at the time they, they finally booted us out, I had 18 lawyers. We had the biggest personal injury law wow. firm in Baton Rouge. We had 60 something employees. Um, we had, we had, we had, you know, a, a huge staff and we had great, great people working for us, like, like Miss Sasha, you yeah. know, the, the island princess. It was great. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so obviously I stepped on some some toes, and but we were very apolitical. It wasn't like we were we were donating to certain people and we sure. were jumping in bed with certain politicians. We just stayed out of it. Now, what do you say to people who are going to hear this and say, you know, it's never his fault. He's the attorney. It's never the attorney's fault. It's always someone else's fault. You know, he knew it was wrong and he did it anyway. What's well, your response to that? All I can say is we didn't know it was wrong because we that would be stupid. I mean, we right. were we were so successful, sure. making so much money. Why would we? Why would we upset that apple right. cart? That would right. be crazy for for a minor change that we did change mm-hmm. without any. Matter of fact, you could argue after the changes we we got even bigger and, and stronger and, sure. and made more money. Uh, so the bar might have done us a favor by making us switch our model a little bit. For people who are hearing this and who've seen the story, and obviously they remember you, because it wasn't that long ago that you were on television and radio and they saw your billboards, what is something you'd like people in the public to know about you that they may not know based upon the characterization over the last, say, 10 years? Well, yeah, because, you know, when you're disbarred, I mean, people automatically assume that you've done something dastardly. Oh, yeah, they treat you, you like a leper, I'm sure. People think, and I've been asked this a number of times, well, how long were you in jail, E? I said, what? what? <laughs> I went in the pokey? I mean, no. come on. I swear, because people, it's that You weren't perception. at the Kane Hotel down <laughs> over there in Angola. Huh? That's right. <laughs> uh, me and Burrow, we didn't know. Uh, but, you know, we... Uh, <laughs> But but that's the perception and and that is in people's minds when they hear disbarment. It's like a scarlet D that's yeah, on your forehead. Yeah. I mean, you can't and and the bar won't let you even work within um, w- w- tangentially in anything related to to the practice of law. Sure. So you're really ostracized. I mean, you can't you can't be in any area in the middle of or contiguous to where law is happening. No, you or can't being even be like marketing things for lawyers right, or, or right. doing doing any any kind of thing. Uh, and it's worse in Louisiana. They're just even stricter here than in most states. Um, but, no, I want people to know that, look, I, I'm a good guy. I got, I got two great kids, two E-kids, you know, like Eason and Eden. Um, they go to Episcopal, by the way, because it's the only school in town starts with the letter E. Um, You're unbelievable. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, They're 14 and 12, and, I'm, I, you know, I love being a dad. Yeah. Um, and and we have my E. Eric Gayroyd Foundation, you know, help make Baton Rouge safe, sure. clean, and clean. Sure, sure. And so I, I love to be part of the community. You know, I've always been, I'm a big, you know, uh, LSU guy. I yeah. went to LSU yeah. undergrad, yeah. LSU law school. I've been in Baton Rouge my entire life. I mean, I love the city. Mm-hmm. And and I, we always did a lot of community involvement things. And so I've been part of this city, and, and, and I wanted to help people. And that's what I, why I did what I did. And, okay. and 30,000 people later, most of whom I would say are almost all happy, I think I got a pretty good record to stand on. So now that we've kind of talked about that, let's let's leave that and now go back to the beginning. All right. And, you know, obviously you just said, you know, got your law degree from LSU. You become an attorney. Where did you start? Uh, as, as an attorney? Yeah. Well, you know, um, 
you know, I was uh, uh, I was a stand-up comic before that. I knew that. I was Cajun E. I, I didn't know the name, but I remembered that from a few years ago, but I, I had heard that. As a matter of fact, I owe, Were you any good? Well, I owe my first fortune to my stand-up comedy. Get the hell out of here. I was so bad, it made me want to go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's hey, more laughs than I got bad. in my entire comedy <laughs> not career bad, right there. Not that bad. I, that's a good one. <laughs> um now, I was a broadcast journalism and political science major in, yeah. in LSU, so I wanted to be a TV guy Sure, originally. I wanted mm-hmm. to be on TV and all that. Uh, that never worked out. And then I, I kind of went to law school while I was doing the stand-up comedy thing as lack of a better thing to do to sure. make my parents happy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really fired up about it. But after I graduated and got into the working world, I, I kind of I was seeing Mar- – and I went to work for Mars Bar. Mm-hmm. And I watched what he was doing. I said, you know, I can – I can do this. I yeah. mean, I've been on TV. Yeah. I got a stage presence. Yeah. I can I can do that. Because he started in the mid to late 80s Ooh, with what he was doing. Yeah, probably yeah. early 80s. Was it early? Yeah, it was, it's that long. I mean, he, he was, he's he been on television for a while. Because he turned 40 when I was there in like 91. Yeah. So, so he's, and, and that's the thing. He, he was maybe the first that I could recall that was on television that much. In, in Louisiana. There was someone else that I can't recall now, but... Um, Morris was the was yeah. the main guy after the Bates case that allowed for lawyer advertising. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, he was one of the first ones in the country to really mm-hmm. jump on it in a big way. Mm-hmm. And boy, he was vilified. Let me yeah. tell you what. Yeah. And that's the other thing. He uh, the reason I, I felt comfortable copying his system was because I knew he had been scrutinized by the bar up yeah. and down. Yeah. So I said, if Morris Bart did it with all his lawyers and everybody sure. looking over his shoulder, I said, surely I, I'm, I'm comfortable in doing what he did. But anyway, so. Um, so, yeah, I, I got into that, and I said, I can do this. So I jumped out July 4th, 1994, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and and I just went out. It was me, uh, one other lawyer, and two secretaries. That was a little, little thousand-foot, square-block, uh, square-foot uh, cinder-block office on Main Street in mm-hmm. Baton Rouge. And we just we winged it, you know. <laughs> we, just, we threw it out there. Our first commercial was called The Race, where we had the seven lawyers <laughs> chasing after an ambulance. They were <laughs> And uh, but but the message of that a little was, bit of a cliche there. Yeah, but don't get lost in the chase was the message because yeah. I was there. Call you know call E instead. You have yeah. all these other lawyers chasing after your case. Call E instead. He'll yeah. he'll help you. Yeah. Later that commercial was played on the Senate floor by Rob Marino, Senator Marino, saying how bad lawyers were and how bad advertising was. He played it out of context and without volume, without the message of the commercial. Just saying, aha, lawyers chasing the ambulance. We, we can't have that. Well, why? Why are you and uh, and Rob not in a good place? Did he? Did you know him when that happened? Um, kind of. One of one of my uh, lawyers who now who took took my firm. Uh, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, get into that. Um, and um, one of those lawyers uh, was good friends with him from from law school, so I knew him through that. But no, I didn't really know him, and it was that fee case, that fee dispute sure. that, that turned him against me, and what I think made him file that that legislation. I think it was just all being upset over that. So then you go on television and you start to create the E brand, which which right. you are now synonymous with. Uh, where did when did you start that? When did that start the the whole E? And does E stand for anything before Eric and and E Eric Gerard, or is just well, <laughs> is it just a letter that you put there? Well, E is kind of a marketing fiction. You know, E is my nickname. Okay, uh, and I've always been called E. Yeah. Unlike people who also use letters in this town, and nobody's ever called them by that letter. Uh, yeah, G- Garden McKernan, not to mention names, but um, but no, it, it my name is Eric Gerard, yeah. and um. And when we started, I wanted to focus everything around the E from a sure. marketing perspective. Sure. And I knew that uh, T. Boone Pickens and um, and uh, I like that guy a lot. And, and H. Howard yeah. uh, H. Howard Hunt and, yeah. and all those yeah. those guys had a letter in front of their name. Yeah. 
I said, well, heck, if you're rich and successful, you got to have a letter in front of your name. So we decided to put the E in front. It was going to be is that, e. is that a fact? If you're rich and successful, you got to have a letter in that, front of your name? Absolutely. you got to put a letter. i got to so, think about that. So C. Clay Young, you got to... <laughs> So you got to do it. Um, so we did that, and we focused everything around the E. We didn't want people to remember a name, remember a face, just no, remember it's, a letter. It's smart. How hard? How hard could it's, that be? It's smart. The phone number had all the E's in it. Yeah, everything was E. Smart. Get the E guarantee. Sure. All that, and and that's why we did it. No. And we figured that would work combined with the entertaining and kind of novel way of advertising. Yeah. And, and we were right. So I I attended an event on Friday, uh, youth scholarship gala that I. That I uh, I hosted my fee was right nothing, so uh, <laughs> so they had me do it, and uh, the comedian that they flew in is a guy who does kind of, he's very good but he's also an attorney back in uh, North Carolina he's he named the little town next uh, to Charlotte but he said while he was here in the hotel he saw the commercials with attorneys and he said he was so shocked that you could do that. He did, the last time he was here, he didn't pay attention and he just said, wow, that is so different. We can't do that in North Carolina. How do you reconcile that for people? The fact that it happens here, it's commonplace for people now in Louisiana. You're, it, there's no surprise if you see a commercial or you oh. see a billboard, but how do you reconcile, I guess what I would call traditionalists. Cause I think I can't think of another word who say that is degrading law. I mean, again, I'm not an attorney, so I can't understand well, that ethic from their standpoint. But what do you say to it? I say it's treating, uh, they, they want to treat the public like children. You know, I think the public, there, everybody's big boys. Yeah. If they see something they don't like, they don't have to call that person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, th- and I don't think there should be any advertising rules at all, even though there's just pages of them now. It should be, the only thing you can't do is something fraudulent or mm-hmm. misleading. Um, other than that, Throw it out there. If the now, public doesn't like it, you know, by all means, they don't have to call that. Now, person. now, what do you say? Because I, I actually do. I see the logic in this, that there are people in society who uh, the slip and fall folks, mm-hmm. the folks that will come to your place and, you know, manufacture an accident just so they can sue you so that they can settle. And people say, well, when attorneys say I can get you a half million dollars for your car accident, Uh, with the big rigs, or I I can get you $100,000 for this, that that motivates people who are just looking to get a quick buck at the expense of someone else. Yeah, well, that that may be true. I never did those. Matter of fact, we made fun of those. Right, right. uh, We did uh, an ad where it was like um, uh, two people bartering with each other over over numbers, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that. But again, you know, I, I just don't think that's something that should be regulated. I mean, it's just a matter of taste and, you know. Sure. Uh, and if a client has a legitimate claim, then, then you know, it should be, that should be okay. Now, mm-hmm. I would never do anything that's, that's not legitimate. Right. That's, that's, that's a crime. So, um, yeah, so I, I, that, that bothers me a little bit, but I still think it should be allowed. Let's talk a little bit about your firm. Uh-huh. And the building still exists. The font style of the branding still exists. <laughs> exactly and, the same. And uh, the attorneys Dudley and DeBosier mm. are now uh, running commercials. And, I, you know, I, so I just want to ask you about that. So are these gentlemen, uh, Steve and Chad, did they work with you at your firm when you were there? I don't know if gentleman's the right word. but okay. um, Wow. <laughs> They worked for me for 10 years. Okay. They were my good friends. Uh, there's a third partner, too, that's not on TV, okay. uh, James Pelche. Pe- yeah. um, they worked, worked for me for 10 years. They were some of my closest friends, played basketball together, traveled, drank together. You know, yeah. I knew yeah. their families. And it was intentional. When we were knew we were going to get punished in some way, we had to transition the firm. We thought, we thought it was going to be a yeah. short suspension. Yeah. 
So we, we picked them because they were our most long-lasting and most loyal, we thought, employees. And so we transitioned it in a way that we knew the public would understand it was really the same firm just mm -hmm. going forward. We were just changing the E that. to a D, essentially. Yeah, I got that. Everybody got that, I think, because mm -hmm. the font's the same. Mm -hmm. Everything's the same. The building's the same. Yeah. The advertising, the sure. advertising agency from Nashville was the same. Yeah. Everything was the same. Yeah. And that was the plan. And I think that actually worked pretty, pretty darn well. Yeah. But the plan was also for them to pay us fees for the cases that we left and we left them 2007 could they do that is that legal to do yes, that to pay us for work we had done prior to being ousted okay, okay. so it had to be a division it sure. could only be money for, for the time that we were in yeah and that was the plan and that was all uh, in writing and and that was but it was 2700 cases that we left them and in the personal injury world that's multi-millions of dollars wow um and 2700 cases oh yeah yeah, that's what, you know. Well, when you were pumping them out pretty good over there, weren't you? We, we, were, we were doing pretty darn well, <laughs> uh, making a lot of money. And so we had we had a deal. Um, but unfortunately, those guys reneged on that deal about uh, three years in. How so? They, they quit paying me. They quit just pay stopped paying you. Stopped. So they're saying, hey, we think, we think that, that it's not fair the way we did, we did it in the first place. We just we think you've been, you've been um, paid enough. We're just going to stop. Didn't you have it in writing? Oh, yeah. You're I had to stop lawyers. I mean, come on. Um, so I had to assume. Okay. I had to assume, and, and that eventually got resolved um, uh, two years ago. Settlement? Yeah, not very favorably for me because they had my money to fight me with. Um, so wow. it, was, it was tough, you know, and, um, and, the other, uh, uh, and the other thing, you know, we left them uh, a $3 million line of credit, you know, yeah. that was, that was – um, uh, backed by my building and sure. by my personal name and sure. and and, uh, and wealth and um, so we left them we gave them the keys to the Maserati essentially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so y'all just we, we've made them wealthy for the rest of their lives is what yeah. we've done yeah and uh, we said y'all go on but part of the deal was and the bar wouldn't have let us put this part in writing for different reasons about the way the bar is just funny right that when we got back in when I got back in I was supposed to be a partner again I was gonna have with my, my ex-partner who also got put out, we were going to be half owners and they were going to be half owners. Mm -hmm. And we thought that was reasonable if it was going to be a five-year thing yeah, because that was a pretty long period of time. Sure. Um, but about a year or two into that too, they said, you know, that's not in writing. We're not, we're not going to live up to that part either. And so now so I, that answers a big question I was going to ask well, you, but go ahead. I'm going I'm to give them one more chance to do the right thing and, and, and come to Jesus and all that. And hopefully they haven't approached me yet about it. Um, yeah. We're supposed to be talking this week, but I just got a feeling they're going to say, no, e, I, we're not going to do that. So here's the deal. So you're saying, just so we understand, when the disbarment happened, there was an agreement in place. This agreement was in writing, you were saying. The one on the fees. Yes, on the fees that you left them, 2,700 pending cases yes. that had the potential to have a payout based upon your firm winning. And you were going to be paid for those, anything after that, you weren't going to earn a dime on. Yeah, for those, for the time that I was practicing. For the time that you were practicing before yeah. the... the so, the, uh, so statistically, you know, half of the fees that yeah. were going to be generated yeah. would have come to fruition or been, been earned while I was practicing. Okay. Half would have been after. And then, uh, then you, you're in this imposed hiatus, and the agreement was like when, when it was over, you're going to come back and resume you and uh, Pettinger. Men, men Pittenger. And Pittenger. You were going to resume as 50-50 partners in that firm. Yes. And you're saying that 
uh, that Dudley and DeBosier have said you you won't do that. Yeah. Now perhaps they've changed your mind, but okay. I've been I've been given no indication that's the case. Okay. Um, and we were just combined the two the two brands at that point. You okay. know, it'd be you know the E and the D coming together. It could okay. be a big thing. You could figure it out. Now, I mean, these you're, guys you're, these guys do a lot of community work in Baton Rouge. Oh, that, and yeah. and they're involved with a lot of that. Um, and so your your feeling about this is what about the way this is going to end? I think they're going to be a competitor. Um, Which means you're just you're going to just walk away. Well, there's potential for lawsuits and all that, you know, but those are, are hard to win, you know, and um, and there's, they're 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 expensive, they're uh-huh. time consuming. Is my efforts better suited just to go forward and just do my e thing again and just build that and just forget it and just walk yeah. away? I mean, I've been counseled to do that, you know, by a lot of people. Uh, you know, Batman said there's a difference between justice and revenge. You know, so I don't know. I'm, I'm wrestling with all that that sort of thing now. Because I don't think I was treated fairly either by, by my partners, my friends, or by the bar, by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But but sometimes it's just time to move on, and 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 you and you, you forget about it. Um, so I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Right now, I'm just planning to start restart the 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 e guarantee and crank it up and get back on TV. I got some you know, some great ads that that uh, we're going to be producing. Got a new new ad agency out of Denver, you know. So it's uh, yeah. Probably should have picked somebody in Baton Rouge. Well, maybe Clay Young Enterprises. I don't know, but I don't um, know, brother. You know. <laughs> it's we'll, not too late. We'll make you look good. <laughs> uh, you know, you know. If I would have gone back with with Dudley DeBosier, we, we were thinking about just calling it the the ED firm, but that may not work. No, 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 no. That would be a tough pill to swallow. Oh, what would be our motto? We won't stand up for you. I don't know, but uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we won't give you a hard time. So uh, I'm here all week. So, so, so you know, so now, now that you are back, he's back, he's back, and you're going to be practicing law here again. And the the landscape has changed a lot in seven years. It is now the most competitive TV injury lawyer market in the country per yeah. capita. Yeah, because we have so so many big spenders in a market this size, which is a medium market. So, what does that mean for you? It means there's a lot more market share to yeah. grab. Me. By the way, let me ask this question. Why the hell do f- people who do business here go outside of Louisiana to find people to handle their marketing and advertising? I mean, I'm not the only guy here who does it. There are a lot of great there firms are. all across the state. What is that? Well, let me tell you, the reason we think, and maybe it's just a perception, I don't okay. know if it's, there are a handful of these of big firms around the country that handle just TV marketing lawyers. The one I had in, yeah. in, in Nashville, CJ Advertising, for yeah. years that Dudley DeBosier has now, like yeah. they have everything else. Yeah. Um, they're really good. And now they have like 50 clients around the country. All yeah. they do is TV marketing for lawyers. Don't you think it's a little bit of a lemming syndrome where everybody has gone this route, so we'll go this yeah. route too? Yeah. And it's all kind of generic. And, and I stand up for people who do this kind of work because I know that for the honest folks who are doing it, you're very invested. Because no one cares about a client winning outside of, say, an attorney or, or a doctor than an ad person. Because if your people don't win, you know, they don't hang around. No, that's true. <laughs> um, maybe it's economics, too, because with that many clients doing the same thing, they do the same commercials. You'll see them all around the country. Oh, yeah. It's, it's cookie cutter. Oh, absolutely. It's, a lot of it. Yeah. Now, mine, mine hadn't been traditionally. Sure. We did. We were getting that way because we were like we were like the big dog, and we we feel we didn't have to be as entertaining at the end. But fewer and fewer of those commercials around here are cookie cutter, though. Like Gordon, he's got this Batman thing happening with a commercial that I saw uh, one morning here, and then the of course the Dudley and DeBosier guys. 
are, are kind of doing, but they're in their commercials and more attorneys are in their commercials and are using less stock video and stock photos. Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of them are in it just at the end. They put them in in tags, you know, but there's still, a lot of that stuff is still still shared commercials that you'll see all over the place. Or at yeah. least the concept is the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so so I, I don't think, I don't like any of the, what I'm seeing on the air. I think I think it's all kind of looks the same to me. Well, you know, it doesn't have to be you know my firm. I just think people ought to give local and regional people a shot. Well, at you it. know, Odie White, who I think you may know, yeah. advertising mm-hmm. guy in town. He was my original guy yeah. in '94, and he produced some of the original commercials. Yeah. Um, but but we kind of got the allure. We found this national firm, and we thought we needed to go that way because there was all these guys at these national meetings we go to. Everybody said, "Oh, you got to go with these guys." Yeah, whatever. And so whatever. So that was our thinking and our feeling. Yeah. And, and I and I, and I guess I still believe that because I went back with another national firm. Yeah. But, yeah. But but nothing. I'm not married to those guys, so you you can you can woo me. You can. I don't know. You miss man. me. I don't know. I don't know. We'll think about it. We'll are you woo worthy? <laughs> Wooey. <laughs> are you woo worthy? Of, you know, but it's but it's just something. So it's it's interesting. I wanted to talk with you about this and give you an opportunity, not in a three minute segment, right. but just long form to share your thoughts and answer these questions. I do know that you did community work in addition to what you mm-hmm. did at your law firm. Heard about it. And Sasha and I talked a little bit about it, I think, last week. Uh, for people who don't know about your foundation, kind of give a long description about what you did with it. And are you still going to be doing that? We are. It's called the yeah. E. Eric Gayrod Foundation. Our, our slogan is uh, make Baton Rouge safe, lean, and clean. Yeah. And, and, and we work or we want to work in those areas specifically in public safety, um, litter eradication, environmental cleanliness, and, um, and, and health. Because... Uh, Baton Rouge needs help in all those areas pretty yeah. badly. Yeah. Um, we had we did a, a lot when, when the firm was gone, not so much the last few years. I've had this big e-truck that we've really just kind of used for other charities to borrow the truck. It has a lift, and so we've yeah. helped some charities out that way. But now that we're going forward, I want to get reinvolved in a heavy way in the community in those areas. Um because, because you know, those, those are some of my personal concerns. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I like politics, and I, and I, I'm interested in the community. Yeah. And I really want to help help Baton Rouge take a step forward in all those areas. Yeah. Like, yeah. like in the health thing, the the lean part. I mean, golly, I think we're the fattest city in the world. You know, we're the fattest city, fattest country in the world. Louisiana's the fattest state, and I think Baton Rouge is the fattest city. So that makes us the fattest city in the world. So. Thanks so, for that. Yeah, boys, we got to all go work out. Yeah. Um, uh, Sasha and I are going to run two miles after we finish here. So, um, are you really? I'm I don't sure. know if she believes that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in shape, obviously. So. I have to. For me, it's more about I, I, I detest sleep, and I try to get as much done in a day as I can. And the only way to do that is to have energy. The only way to have energy, unfortunately, is to exercise. Well, so. anyway, so that, that's the areas that we're going to concentrate in and we're going to have a lot of fun with that and uh, you know for a while we had the clean e-team where we I actually hired a couple of people to take that truck and go out and pick up trash yeah just pick up trash and they would come back with bags and bags of trash just off the streets of Baton Rouge what'd you do with it well we threw it away in, in the big dumpsters but you know we, we I mean but we I, got the, it off the, the street what <laughs> Obviously <laughs> threw it away. Thanks for that. My bad. Boy, that's what, what, with with that movement, where, where were you hoping to go with that about picking up trash and? Uh, no, no, just helping. 
you know, it wasn't, we weren't, we, we didn't want to, we weren't doing it for publicity. Like, you know, you see yeah. Dudley DeBoer and Guard and all those guys, they put, they put billboards. You are all the good pounding these guys. <laughs> they put double, double truck ads in 225 saying how great a guy is there. Not that I'm saying anything wrong is wrong with that. Uh, even though all that money spent on that 225 ad, it might be better spent on the actual people you're trying to help in the community. But anyway, so, um. We just we want to. I want to come back to me, Eric. Okay, come back. (laughs) (laughs) You make the point here. (laughs) Don't get me off. This is a long format. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, so what the what does tomorrow look like? I mean, you know, where you where do you go from here? And by tomorrow, you mean the expanded tomorrow? Yeah, the expanded tomorrow. Well, the, the the Superman returned. He went off to Krypton for five years, and he came back to Earth and started. Saving people again, that's going to be me. The E is going to return. Um, Super E or something of that Super nature. Super E. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Too bad you can't trademark the letter E, right? Uh, no, I can't. Well, that's, we've got to fight with uh, your friend Gordon McKernan about that. I don't know Gordon McKernan, by the way. Well, good. Because um, he's using the G, get the G guarantee now. Um, or can he not do that? Well, that was my trademark. Slogan. Oh, the e-guarantee in that context. Get the e-guarantee yeah. for, for, for a lawyer advertising. And if people are curious about if that can happen, uh, if you combine the letters L, S, and U with the colors uh, purple and scarlet yellow or gold, you might get a letter from somebody. So, oh, you, yeah. will, you will get yeah. a letter. So <laughs> that, that's kind of the way that that works. Um, but we had that trademark. Of course, when I was out the game, I couldn't keep it because I couldn't keep it in public use. Yeah. And so when I went to re-up it last year, um, uh, my canary tra- yellow, by the way, not that's scarlet. right. Yeah. My, my trademark lawyer said, "Well, E, we got it." He looked into it. He said, "Well, E, we got a problem. There's there's another mark out there that might cause some public confusion." I said, "What is it?" He said, "It's somebody's got the G guarantee." I said, "Let me guess, Garden McKernan." He said, "Yeah, that's right." Well, what's that's wrong right. with him? Why can't he have the G guarantee, Eric? Nobody even calls him G, by the way. He's always been called Gordon. He's copied everything. He won. He, I was on TV. He got on TV with his daddy's money. Uh, come I built, on now. I built a building on the interstate. He built a building on the interstate. He hired my employees to try to pick their brains to tell how I was working. Well, isn't he just being a good businessman? That's kind of thievery. That's, <laughs> Make up your own stuff. Quit, well, that, that's quit true. Being a, quit being a copycat. That, that's true. That's true. But have you seen Coke and Pepsi commercials? Yeah, well. They kind of copy one uh, another. I... I even called him, and he said it was uh, because Dudley DeBosier had their no-fee guarantee going on, yeah. which was also a rip-off of my e-guarantee, because yeah. I know who came up with that. Yeah. Um, and I said, oh, come on, Garden. I mean, G-guarantee, e-guarantee, I mean, that's, that's way too close. Um, so, uh, But mine is trademarked. Again, um, the, the Copyright Office felt the E and the G were different enough to where I, I'm still got it trademarked on the E. So, um, you know, so we'll see. So you can't make him stop saying no, the but G. I can, I can make fun of him though. And you're planning on doing that well, by the look I on did, your I face. Did, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Satire can be a wonderful thing. That's sometimes. exactly right. So yeah. I, 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 I have the feeling we're going to be seeing and hearing a lot uh, from you in the in you, the coming. You know, months. one of the big things in the country now, and I'm not going to do this, but um, in some markets, a lot of markets, the lawyer advertising has gotten so vicious they're now attacking each other like political campaigns. Really, they're taking, they're dissing each other, they're taking each other out on the air. Our, I hope our, this doesn't happen. Our, our bar probably wouldn't stand for that. I don't yeah. think. I think um, you ought to leave them alone. Oh, I'm going to leave him alone, yeah, unless yeah. it's, you know... Maybe, no, 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 no. I think you ought to leave... No, you know, no, 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 You know, no, comedy no, is no, such a wonderful no, thing. No, 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 no. You leave him alone. All right. 
The judges, too. Don't mess with them. Oh, I'm not messing with them. <laughs> <laughs> or the white powder rig crowd, they, even though I should quit calling them that. Maybe <laughs> maybe that would be a good idea. Let's retire it after that last time there. <laughs> but, but but don't stop me from being funny, though, please. No, well, you know, humor is great. It's, it's you know, music to the soul. Everybody right. likes to laugh. But And I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot from you soon. Well, I'm glad you came in to clear all this up. Well, Good Clay, conversation. I, I love it. I appreciate you having me in. Nice seeing you again. All right. I, I think you're going to be hearing about the E guarantee, not to be confused with the G guarantee oh, coming to you. You're really killing soon. me. You're killing me. <laughs> e Eric Gerhard. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Hi, I'm Taya Kyle. I'm so happy to announce that the third annual Smoke 'em If You Got 'em fundraiser will be benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. This year's event will take place on Sunday, May 15th at Bin 77 Bistro in Baton Rouge. And the title sponsor is Orion Instruments. That's Sunday, May 15th at Bin 77 Bistro in Baton Rouge. Doors open at 4 and the event starts at 5. You can buy tickets online at chriskylefrogfoundation.org or you can buy them at the door. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Good stuff with Mr. E Guarantee right there, huh? Now, no matter your feelings on injury attorneys, I think you will agree that uh, this guy has a very intriguing story. And it's going to be interesting with him back on the scene. I enjoyed the conversation with him. And, you know, I did mean that for him. And <laughs> I told him I'm not bucking for business. I'm a capitalist. I don't turn it away. But I just really do enjoy it when local companies use local companies to do business. I try to do that as much as I can uh, with local vendors. I mean, we've done events for people where they had to have collateral pieces like hats or cups or whatever, and I use local people. Why not let local people make that money? All of my vendors for things that I get for me from ink pens to cups to things that we do for ourselves and clients are all local people. So it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Use somebody, use someone in Louisiana, and let that money stay here. No, it's you know to each their own, but it's just uh, my position, and I'm sticking to it. Well, we appreciate it. You heard all of the information on Smokem and the promo that ran. Hopefully, I will see you there. Until next week, have a fantastic day or evening or wherever you're listening, and we thank you for tuning in to podcast225.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Clay Young Show.